0: hi welcome to the inspired painter podcast my name is jessica libor and i am a philadelphia-based artist curator and art professor as well as artist coach in this podcast i cover topics vital to the success of emerging and established artists like inspiration mindset art business relationships and artist career strategy you'll also hear interviews from art world luminaries who share their wisdom My goal for this podcast is for you to feel encouraged, inspired, and in control of your art career, and to help you become the best artist that you can be. Hello, Sarah. How are you today? Hi, I'm so good. Thank you. Yeah, good. It's good to see you. I'm excited to have an interesting conversation with you today, all about creativity and, um, You know, just being an artist, being a um, being a creative, and Mm -hmm. um, juggling the many things that we have to do. Um, So, everyone, I'm with Sarah De Grave. She is a creative clarity coach, and she has a background in theater, which is really interesting. But she helps creatives of all different kinds, and um, and there's so much overlap with creativity in. Um, two-dimensional, like artistic pursuits, visual arts, and also theater. So there's so much overlap that we're going to be talking about. Um, so I'm really excited to get to um, to speak with you today, Sarah. And um, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about like what you do right now um, in your in your practice.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's so exciting to speak to a artistic community. Yeah. Um, Right now, I am I have I, two focuses, my creative coaching practice, which is um, helping creative artists to kind of hone in on what they really want to create and how they want to create it, and especially like why they want mm-hmm. to create it, which I feel like kind of gets skipped over a lot in our training. Mm-hmm. Um, and really taking a more holistic approach to like the whole person as opposed to just us as producers of something. Mm, Yeah, and not like a factory. Yeah, exactly. We kind of, we get these skills to do a certain art. And then we don't, we kind of over time, sometimes lose touch with what we need as people just like as unique Mm -hmm. individuals living in the world.
0: And Absolutely. absolutely put that on the back burner yeah um, I can and I want to hear your second thing too but um, I can just say that I totally resonate with that because there's definitely been times in the past like long stretches of time where I'll just like be painting and painting and painting and um, and like just doing everything with like my business and my art and um, and like forget that like oh you need to like socialize you need to like eat good food. You need to like have experiences and explore things and like have different sensations and like be out in nature and like have adventure. And like you, like creativity is part of a life well-lived, you know, it's not, if you just spend your entire life in your studio, what are you going to paint about, you know? Mm -hmm. And the more we kind of focus on that part and
1: lose the rest, like the easier mm-hmm. it is to get burnt out and like resentful mm-hmm. of yes. our
0: creative work. Um, yes, it's, it's so true. Like, um, <laughs> it's so funny. Cause like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I really need to work on this painting. I don't have time to like go to this fun event or do this fun thing. But then the times where I go do the fun thing, like I get so energized that I come back home and I like finish the painting, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah. So what's your second thing? Oh, the second thing I was going to mention is
1: like my personal creative practice. So Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, I have a background in theater and I'm still actively doing that and working in theater and music Mm -hmm. are kind of the two main, you know, I think a lot of us artistic types have multiple things that we're doing, but for me kind of musical theater and music and theater separately Mm -hmm. um, are my things. So I, a lot of the stuff that I talk about in my coaching is like, I'm also, constantly in this practice of trying to apply it to myself and follow my own advice, you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes I'll be like working with a client and then at the end I'll be like, man, that's a really good reminder for me too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, yeah. But, um, so, so tell me like what, how did you get interested in theater? I, my first kind of
1: like memory of really strongly falling in love with, I think, especially musical theater came from watching old movie musicals. So I, oh. I distinctly remember like around age 14, mm-hmm. 13 or 14, I was watching TV and this movie came on and it was Summer Stock with Gene Kelly and Judy Garland. Mm-hmm. And it's a musical and it's just like every everything I love about that genre. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot its very much like, hey, guys, let's put on a show kind of vibe. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah.
1: And there's especially this really beautiful tap dance that Gene Kelly does. It's kind of famous now he uses this newspaper as a prop and kind of like mm-hmm. makes all these different textured noises. And oh, it's it like, cool. it really like lit something inside of me. And I had been doing soccer was kind of my extracurricular activity. And I like quit soccer and got tap shoes and started taking dance lessons. Oh,
0: wow. That's amazing.
1: So that was kind of like the spark. Mm -hmm. And then kind of throughout junior high and high school, I really got into it pretty Mm -hmm. deep.
0: Wow. That's cool. And
1: the school that you went to had a good theater program. Yeah. I was really fortunate that my high school had a really strong music program and a, a good theater program. And so I was able to do shows. But then I also uh, was enough of a theater nerd that I did like summer intensives where I would spend, Mm -hmm. you know, eight weeks in the summer, just doing eight hours a day, theater training. Wow. So I knew from a pretty young age, that like, that's what I wanted to do, like, Mm -hmm. not as a hobby, but like as a career.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you like about theater? Because I I've done plays as well. And I take acting classes, and I've, I've been in a few films, but I, um it's been a while since I've been in a play since college, but um I have my own experiences with it that I love, um, but I'm curious to know what is it that drew you to it? Like, what is it that you like about it? I think, I think especially since, so
1: primarily I consider myself a singer, and mm-hmm. that's, The thing that has always been kind of the strongest skill set for me, but also what I started doing from a really early age Mm -hmm. and. So musical theater. I think I I think I was drawn more towards theater than film just because Mm -hmm. musical film is not as much of a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, It's starting to come back, though, I feel like it is there are some really great ones. Mm -hmm. now, but that kind of like golden age of Hollywood, Mm -hmm. that kind of like to get that, uh, that vibe, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you, you kind of have to go into theater, but Mm -hmm. I think also what I love about it is the, that really like live energy of Mm -hmm. being in a room with other people Mm -hmm. and creating something that only exists in that room for that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been really interesting these past couple of years with the pandemic and live theater not really happening, and Mm -hmm. productions being taped and then live streamed, Mm -hmm. where there's this interesting, like, pros and cons of like, oh, this is so great that now these wonderful shows are accessible to more people. Mm -hmm. And also, it's just not quite the same as being in a room, you know?
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, there's definitely something about like, being live in a room and experiencing like, something as if it's happening to you like right now Mm -hmm. like with a live person it's definitely different than than watching it on the screen um yeah like an immersive experience and Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things I love about that genre of musical theater too is there's a little bit of escapism in Mm -hmm. it Mm and so I think that's true with like painting also like visual arts you're kind of creating this other world for people to step into yeah. for a moment or yes to like see parts of themselves in that mm-hmm. uh, and there's all of this kind of storytelling and reflection and things that happen between the viewer and the and the piece of art whether that's theater
0: or a painting or something yeah. else mm-hmm. yeah because yeah, it can move people in so many different ways that you, that are unexpected like
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: yeah, that's so cool. So what are some of the, um, some of your favorite uh, musical theater pieces you've been in? Um, Right
1: before everything shut down, I guess not right before, but one of the more recent things I was in was a production of Into the Woods. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And I got to play one of the stepsisters, which was
0: so fun. Oh, that's so fun yeah I watched that movie and the funny thing is okay so um I'm a multi-passionate creative so I I paint and then I also you know acting is like a secondary thing for me but I was about to try out for Into the Woods um yeah yeah. but it was um it was March of 2020 and it shut down you know right then but I I was like preparing like my monologue and everything um so I'm I'm very familiar with the script. So that's really
1: cool. That's it's awesome. So Sondheim is just so smart and mm-hmm. that like cleverness of mm-hmm. of his work and his lyrics and his music. Mm-hmm. If anything by him is just um, so so interesting to yeah. to work with. It's such interesting material to work with. Uh, but also that production, the costumes they're mm-hmm. just gorgeous like yeah. really really went all out with the <laughs> with the costumes
0: that's amazing where did you, where did you have that where did you guys produce that um that was with a theater company
1: in the portland area mm-hmm. um, broadway rose theater company which is mm-hmm. kind of on outside of portland but that's where i'm mm-hmm. portland oregon is mm-hmm. where i'm located
0: so okay this episode is sponsored by the luminary artist academy the luminary artist academy is a six-month, self-paced, transformational course for contemporary realist, feminine artists to blossom into the higher level of professional success from the inside out. The Luminary Artist Academy was written for you. As an artist myself who has been through the dark night of my own soul and through the thickets of my own limiting beliefs, in order to come out on the other side I feel the struggle and I know where you are. I know the desires that you feel and the frustration at feeling like they are out of reach. And I have discovered the keys to unlocking your own potential and totally transforming the reality of your creative practice and your experience as an artist in a very short time after doing it myself. And I wrote the Luminary Artists Academy to share this process with you. So the Luminary Artist Academy is a comprehensive, detailed, step-by-step course that takes you on an odyssey through the inner chambers of your heart and soul to your creative practice and out into the world where you shine your confident feminine light as a luminary in your field. This course supports you every single step of the way to guide you into stepping into your highest version of yourself within your artistic career and your life. Don't let another year go by just thinking about it and without taking action. Being in limbo, saying next time or I'll do it later, is the reason why you feel like you're spinning your wheels and staying stuck. By doing the same things in the same way, you'll likely be in the same place you are now six months from now if you don't take action. Take the first steps today to believe in a different future for yourself. The gallery shows, press celebrating your work, and sales pouring in from your art is what you know you are meant for and what you ultimately deserve. Your most aligned artistic career is waiting for you. It's time to believe in yourself and value your dreams. I believe in you. Explore the course via the link in the show notes or at www.thevisionaryartistssalon.com. That's amazing. Wow, it's so exciting. And when I did a little bit of theater, um, one of the most exciting things was watching the audience's reaction. There's like such a Mm -hmm. thrill to like the audience reacting to you. Um, That's what I remember anyway. And then the other thing I really loved was like how close you get to the cast and like the teamwork that needed to happen between everyone. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the
1: things too that I, not that you don't have that in film. I've done just a very tiny bit of film. Mm -hmm. It's it's a very different environment, like the way the roles of each person involved, kind of the way that team works is different. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something about (laughs) it. Yeah, definitely. And you don't have
0: that um, that live kind of like anticipation of the audience right there. It's, It's not like that immediate sense at all. It's more like you keep doing it until you get the right shot. And so mm-hmm. that that sense is not there, but um, but then a little, feels a little bit more technical. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's not so much about just the the storytelling. It's also about the camera angle and you know right. the lighting and all of these technical aspects.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, all the different art forms um, you can do with that, but visual arts has so much in common I think with acting and um, musical theater even because so much of it is about like the artist the impulses that come from yourself like um, for an actor like people hire actors so that they will they will um, they will help the audience to feel something and that actor is like, willing to feel that thing and willing to go there and so therefore it brings that the viewer along on that journey and I feel like artists visual artists do such a similar thing in that we're willing to like access these like these feelings and visions and emotions and we're willing to put the time in to create this crafted thing and then take people along for the ride and like really hold it up as like this is important you know like the human experience like what we're all experiencing the joy the pain the beauty all of that like um, it's it's worth celebrating it's worth looking at and I think that that's how we overlap in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and I think what
1: what we were talking about earlier about that you need to have the balance of taking care of your whole self and like Mm -hmm. acknowledging who you are as a person and Mm -hmm. your needs and interests and I think all of that Kind of we we bring that part into the way that we're telling a story and the perspective mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. are putting into our art and there can sometimes be when we're focused too much on being like a blank slate or like mm-hmm. you know kind of doing things quote unquote correctly or to mm-hmm. a certain standard that somebody else set we can lose those things that really make us unique and yeah, that Mm -hmm. really add, add the layers of, of interest and nuance to our art. And that's like part of that is knowing and acknowledging kind of our unique values and like life experiences. And that, that is a part of being a really, um, like complex artist mm-hmm. as opposed to just a skillful artist. Right, makes
0: sense. right, yeah, like it has depth to it because you've embraced all of who you are. Yeah, so, um, so yes, I totally agree with that. So a lot of the same um, challenges happen for artists and for um, actors and, you know, singers, is that because we're in a creative field, it's not typically, um, although there's definitely exceptions. Um, but typically, careers don't happen in those um, in those different disciplines where you just are hired by somebody and you're you're a musical theater person and you just always <laughs> have a job, you know. <laughs> you're just a full time artist. Yeah, yeah being exactly. Being paid a
1: livable wage. Yes,
0: That's and like you never dream. have to look for another job, and you you're perfectly satisfied with the interesting works that you're doing. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so I think a lot of the same challenges overlap in that you do have to create like your own, uh, brand for lack of a better word. Um, and, and then you have to really go for what you want and continually put yourself out there. So, um, so how, how do you work with your clients in keeping that balance between like um making sure that your art is so true to yourself but then also balancing that with like all the other things that surround it like making a living like Mm -hmm. all those things
1: yeah i like to start with getting clear on that like what do i want to create and why so that you really have a strong vision that feels aligned with who you are and kind of your your bigger goals um and knowing that it's that those goals have been set really by you and not by kind of these voices in our heads that we've accumulated over time, which might be like our parents or our teachers or societal kind of expectations. So really getting kind of honing in on what is my, my mission? What is my vision? And using that as a compass, I have a I think it's on my website right now, a creative compass kind of journaling exercise to, to look into that from the perspective of what do I want as an artist? What do I want as a person? How can I kind of meld those things together? Um, But that is, sometimes I think we do those exercises. And then there's so much pressure to like, make this specific vision. Mm -hmm. like happen right now instead of setting it as more of like this is more like a guiding star Mm -hmm. vision Mm -hmm. so that i can incrementally make sure that my actions are kind of moving toward Mm -hmm. that and Mm -hmm. not put so much pressure on like achieving that right now and that can kind of give us that freedom to choose the smaller Pieces of that goal that are appropriate for where we're at right now, or like the things that we need to work on, Mm -hmm. while making sure that it's like all of the pieces that are maybe not our strong suits or not so much fun to work on, Mm -hmm. that it's always kind of tied back to Mm -hmm. the big vision and like the deep why of it, so that we can. Feel less resentful about about those pieces and yeah find, find ways to make them also kind of work with our personality mm-hmm. i think especially as an introvert a lot of like networking advice i'm like that just doesn't feel aligned for me yeah so it's like that doesn't mean that i don't need to build relationships with people it just means right. i need to think about what does what does relationship building look like for me what does mm-hmm. that mean for me how do i use my personal values and skills mm-hmm. and resources to flesh out that part of my career or my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so really get, like making everything more personal, like, taking all of this generic advice and being like, how do I personalize this? Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, who I am and where
0: I'm at. I think a lot of artists are introverts as well. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's why like, whenever I go to a networking event, I'm literally always the only artist there. I've never been to a networking event where I've met another artist that's funny. actually, or a, or a theater person or like creative person. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm usually the only artist there. And I think that part of it is because um, artists, don't like to put themselves in situations like that typically, at least like if they identify as more of like an introvert and Mm -hmm. I actually identify as more of an introvert, even though being with people in the right situation does like, um, does like fill me up and like um, make me feel great. I mean, we're, we're human. We need each other, you know, Uh, but, but like if I, I'm not the type of person to just like go out to a bar if I if I have nothing to do and just like, you know, right. be, like it's more intentional. Like, oh, let's go for a walk, you know, or, um, exactly. you know, let's let's do this fun activity together. Let's go horseback riding, something like that. Um, but I think that, I think that artists and creatives typically um, neglect that part of their business, honestly. And it can, that's why it can get discouraging because you're, you're putting so much effort and work into, you know, finishing your craft and like making everything perfect, but then it can be discouraging. Cause you're like, well, who am I going to, who's going to appreciate this? And mm-hmm. like, no, one's coming to my studio. Well, it's because like, no one even knows, like, you no know, who you are. <laughs> So you have to like go out there and like get the, um, get the wheels rolling and then you can steer the car. You know, you can't control really who you meet, but you can control, um, you know, how you present yourself and you can control how open you are to like inviting people into your world, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think there's a couple of pieces that tend to stop us. One is that we do have kind of this idea of what it has to look like. Like, what does marketing have to look like or yeah. networking have to look like? Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to kind of, even though we're such creative people, we don't allow ourselves to be creative about what that could look like and kind of think outside the box. Mm-hmm. And then also, there's always kind of these um, like internal beliefs that can yeah. pop up and kind of stop mm-hmm. us. And so, starting to really notice those like what is the thing that keeps stopping me and where is it coming from? Mm -hmm. And Sussing out those inner voices enough to
0: definitely that they're not calling all the shots for you. Right, like your your thoughts, you don't have to believe your thoughts. Don't believe everything you think. (laughs) Don't believe everything you think. And I think it's like,
1: especially for artists cultivating that sense of self worth and Mm -hmm really feeling like we have something to offer and that what we create is valuable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's like a whole process. And I think is not
0: mm-hmm.
1: something that we are explicitly taught how to do yeah. or even sometimes encouraged to do. Yeah. Um, I know that, that in theater, like for actors, and I feel like it's this way in a lot of artistic industries, there's kind of this feeling that you are, just one of so many, yeah, and you are expendable right. and like you have to take whatever you can get, right, right. Um, I feel just, like that's even worse in,
0: I feel like that's even worse in like acting in theater than art even because with like acting, um, I've been to auditions and you're just like, well, you're this type like they, they like literally typecast type you. <laughs> Like like they like that's a thing, like, and it's not even yeah. looked down on like that's like oh your 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 type plays this person, you know, yeah, and, um, and I feel like if you you're in that situation long enough, then you're like, well, I guess I am that type, you know, that's all I can play, you know, yeah, and
1: and also, like if you say no to something that. You might not get that opportunity again or you might have burned a bridge with someone you're kind of a little bit it feels like you're a little bit more dependent on other people to give you opportunities to do what you do Mm -hmm. i think at least with with visual arts like you don't need necessarily that production to be able to do your craft like you can Mm -hmm. a lot of times do it independently which is great
0: Yeah. Although I do say there is still a level of production, like for artists, like, I mean, you have to have some place to like show your work. So whether it's like a gallery or a coffee shop or um, your own studio, like there has Mm -hmm. to be some level of like presentation. Um, And in order to have a presentation, you have to have an event. And so there is, there is definitely a lot of the same, like you have to invite people, you have to create a buzz, you know, yeah, there's still that business. Yeah. There is, um, for sure Business of art, but, um, you have been circumventing that by you've been creating your own works, right? Um, a little
1: bit, mostly, I mean, I, I am starting to work on writing some more of my own material, mm-hmm. which for a long time I was resisting, mm-hmm. um, because it just wasn't where I was at. And I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can relate to this, but sometimes there's there are people who when they find out you're an actor or something of that nature, they're like, oh, why don't you just write your own show? Or why don't you just put on your own production? Mm-hmm. And there's not really an understanding that like that is a completely different job from, yeah. from what you actually are trained to do and what you mm-hmm. are interested in doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and people just kind of assume they're connected. Yeah. Um, so whenever people would say that to me, you know, I would always feel really resentful. I'd be like, that's not what I want to do. Like, I don't want to write things. Like, that's mm-hmm. what a writer does. Like, right. Um, but what kind of led me, I think as I, as I've gotten older, like now I have more of a perspective that I'm interested in sharing and stories that I'm interested in talking about,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: as opposed to when I was a little bit younger. Um, And also what's really driving me to think about now, kind of writing my own musical, um, is just the gaps that I see in the market. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. I was noticing, especially coming back from this hiatus that as audition notices started coming up, I was like, "These are not the types of projects I want to be working on." Like, mm-hmm. especially for women in theater, mm. the roles that are available are still not always super interesting
0: and complex characters. No, it's so true. I I look at like the casting calls sometimes, and I don't know. There's there's like, <laughs> it's it's so clear when like something's written by a man. Yes. <laughs> it's like there's no complexity there's no like personality
1: (laughs) to that there's no like it's not like a whole person
0: like the character isn't like a whole person right yeah and and I thought that that was like just like oh no like like men are deeper than that you know but um and I I do believe that a lot of guys are um but yeah it's so funny like just like the amount of scripts out there that are they do typecast women, um, so so much, and like they're they're just like, and like the um, double standard is so,
1: yeah, <laughs> so strong of like what is written for when men and what's written for women and what's kind of expected on standards of physical appearance. And...
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and I will say age, um, as yeah. well. Um, it's for, always like the male reading, lead
1: is like
0: yes, ten years I was older. Reading- Um, I was reading about an actress uh, she's a famous actress and she was just cast as the mother of a guy that was that's um, that's only five years younger than her right (laughs) and um, it's just like hilarious I don't know so I have so much respect I think that acting and musical theater that's you know very challenging all the challenges that I face as a visual artist I think that for acting it's like even 10 times more you know, as a challenge for a woman in the industry, mm-hmm. yeah. but so. I think
1: that's what really sparked me to be like what what is this, what are the stories not being told that I would be interested in mm-hmm. performing, and not that i'm the the show that I've kind of started writing mm-hmm. is not for me necessarily to perform in, but it's like mm-hmm. if like my perspective as a performer kind of informs yeah what I would write like I <sighs> Like as a performer, what do I want to be? What material do I wish existed in the world? And like, can I I create that as a gift to other women and non-binary performers? Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah. And that's such a beautiful perspective. Like, what do you want to create that doesn't exist yet? Yeah. That's really
1: just- When you look around, you're like, oh, I wish there was this. Like, Mm -hmm. is that something- you are interested in creating, which is, I mean, sometimes it's like, I wish there was this and I, I'm not the person to create that. Right. Um, yeah. A of times we are like the, if we're the person seeing it, then mm-hmm. lots of times that means we have kind of the tools to create that.
0: Yeah. And also like, it doesn't have to be like this massive thing at first, like you can start something on a very small scale, mm-hmm. you know, and it can grow. So, and even just things like
1: I think right now in theater, there's a lot of conversation around kind of the way we treat people and treat artists and Mm -hmm. just the level of respect in the room and -hmm. respect for people's time and energy. And that's kind of the other thing that I was noticing as I was looking at auditions and I was like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: looking at how much something pays and like the amount of time and energy required. Oh my gosh, I know. This isn't really. I know, I know. I I don't know if I want to do this anymore.
0: (laughs) And I'm like, um wow, you know, if you get this, it pays like, you know, maybe like $200 or something like that. And you have to go through this whole audition process, which is like extremely time consuming. And I'm like, wow, um, I don't know if that's worth it for me at this point, you know? Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been, okay. So I also wrote my own script. Um, it's called the portrait and it's about, um, it's about a portrait that comes to life and um so I have it all written out and I would like to produce it I guess the only thing that's stopping me is um just the logistics of it like I've never Mm -hmm. like directed anything like that before um and and it would be a challenge it would definitely be a challenge there's so much coordination like Mm -hmm. you were talking about like it's it's a separate job than just acting so um yeah yeah but I do want it to come to life I wish it existed you know so I think
1: that's kind
0: of one of the other pieces
1: that I lead my clients through as you're asking about kind of processes mm-hmm. um, that I use. And that's once you, once you kind of have that idea or that vision, and mm-hmm. like, how do I break that down? And that's sometimes I talk about, I give some talks on like creative mission statement to creative mm-hmm. action or creative mission to creative action and mm-hmm. the process for or one of the tools you can use for that is kind of making, you can do it as a grid or just a list, but breaking it down into like, what are the resources that I would need to make this happen? And what do I have and kind of what is the gap? And then you can kind of start to see, okay, where where are the pieces that I need to fill in a gap and, um, I love make it a little bit more concrete of like yeah. you can kind of break it down into physical resources like money or equipment mm-hmm. um or a space to like shoot a film relationships so for the people who are who know the things that you don't know or mm-hmm. who have the skills that you don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like skills what are the skills that you would need to cultivate in mm-hmm. order to be able to accomplish that goal. Which ones do you already have? Which ones do you need to seek yeah. out? Like a teacher, which is another relationship. So mm-hmm. they all—all all these kind of pieces tend
0: to fall into these categories. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. And and you have like a freebie too, right? Like something we I can link people to. Yeah. I I think the freebie on my website right now is the
1: creative compass, creative mm-hmm. career compass um that I was talking about earlier Mm -hmm. I don't I feel like I was mid-process on putting together one on this kind of creative action okay (laughs) so so I don't have that yet but if people uh go to my website the alignment and alignment and alchemy.com if you sign up for the creative career compass which should be on there it'll put you on my mailing list. And I always let my mailing list know if I create a new resource. And I don't send a ton of emails, but
0: when I do. Yes. I I love your name, by the way, Alignment and Alchemy. That's like so magical. Yeah, it really came from, well, before I
1: was doing creative coaching, I was doing restorative exercise Mm
0: -hmm. coaching. Um, Mm
1: -hmm. I'm a certified restorative exercise specialist, which is a very Mm alignment-based kind of movement practice. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of drew from a little bit of the philosophies in that, but also this kind of internal alignment with our values and our goals. Mm-hmm. And then this alchemy piece, which I feel like is very tied to that creative
0: energy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're, we're taking something. what is existing around us and we're making it into something else. We're turning and it into transforming else. it. And yeah, there's that kind of magical quality. Yeah. Do it. Definitely. Yeah. And so the restorative movement um, is that is it kind of like yoga or stretching or can you describe it a little bit? It's um,
1: the work of Katie Bowman, who is a biomechanist, and people tend to equate it a little bit more to like physical therapy, except it's not it's not therapeutic. So there's not like that kind of medical component. Um, Mm but it's corrective exercises. So you're, there's kind of two sides to it. One is working very specifically on realigning the parts of your body into a kind of a more neutral alignment. And then the other part is very lifestyle based of just like making your life more movement oriented, if that makes sense. yeah, thinking about movement less in terms of like exercise, and this kind of segmented idea of like, mm-hmm. I spend one hour moving mm-hmm. and then the rest of the day I don't think about movement. Yeah. And then instead like thinking about movement as just a part of life and like, how mm-hmm. am I moving through my day and how is that shaping my body? Mm-hmm. And starting to see that like, it doesn't really make sense. So yeah. if even, even if you're an active person by our standards it's not really offsetting for most of us the like sedentary mm-hmm. of our lifestyle, mm-hmm. so like if you're running for an hour and you're sitting for eight hours, like that doesn't really balance how, right as far as right. like, the muscles in your body so that's the other other aspect is just like movement more mm-hmm. lifestyle, and kind of even on now her work has expanded almost to like an ecological mm-hmm. level of like. How does our movement or lack of movement affect our communities and the world? And it's a really interesting deep dive once you get into that part, because it's like, oh, yeah, all of the work that I am not physically doing that we've now kind of outsourced to other people, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it doesn't disappear. It just means Mm -hmm. someone else somewhere else is doing that
0: Mm. for us yeah like thinking about like the way that I've been thinking about this okay so like with COVID when everything kind of shut down and there was like all those runs on toilet paper and stuff Mm -hmm. um, I was like I had this realization about how dependent we are on like society's systems and how like back you know for all the millennia since you know civilization existed or humans existed we have we have gathered our own food we have like we have farmed our own food. We have like woven our own clothes. Um, you know, we have like gone down to the stream to get some water. Right. But we've like had like tremendously more of an active lifestyle than, yeah. than today. Like I feel like today is like, we're so dependent. We don't have the skills anymore to survive without yeah. um, like a grocery store and like Amazon and all these services. Oh, like most people don't know how to start a fire. Like, um, like if there was some kind of emergency, like people would be helpless, you know, mm-hmm. and it didn't used to be that way for most of mm-hmm. civilization. And so it got me really interested. I guess the realization about how helpless I was made me realize <laughs> I don't need to be this helpless. Like there's, I can read books about like what plants to eat, you know, I can... Mm-hmm read books about gardening. I can start my own little garden, which I've done. Um, I can, I haven't learned to like weave any clothing yet, but, um, that's like next level. So, (laughs) yeah, but, um, but yeah, what you say about like movement, like being a part of life. So because we live in this society now where we're so dependent on, you know, external things that we've outsourced, Mm -hmm yeah, we need to make more of an effort to actually incorporate more movement into our lives. And so like, what does that look like? Yeah. Can you do that? Because even if we find ways of,
1: of outsourcing that we feel okay about, because Mm -hmm. our, like our society is very different and the expectations on us are very different. So like not everyone's going to be able to make their own clothes and grow their own food and that's totally fine. Right. But it doesn't even if we're able to find ways of getting that done that don't exploit other people, hopefully, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't remove our body's physical need for those movements. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. The way Katie Bowman kind of has this great metaphor for it, which is thinking about movement kind of nutrients, the way that we think about food nutrients, now that food Mm -hmm. science has progressed and we understand that They Mm -hmm. contain vitamins and minerals and our bodies need those things. Mm -hmm. Our bodies need these like macronutrients, like proteins and fats. Mm -hmm. And we haven't quite progressed to the point where we're thinking about movement in that way, but it's the same. It's like Mm -hmm. our bodies need specific types of movement in order to maintain their physical structure and integrity. I feel like we don't get them naturally.
0: Also like to maintain like, an, an some, there's something emotional that happens too. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the
1: whole, and our, like the stress response, the way we regulate our stress response, mm-hmm. um, we don't have a, a physical, that kind of like fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Is not, we've now like internalized all yeah. of that because right. we don't actually fight or flee. Yes. <laughs> yeah. wow. wow, so and now we that. just like carry that stress in our body and there's, we don't release it.
0: Well, if you watch the Oscars
1: the other night, some people do still fight. (laughs) Yeah. So we still have
0: the instinct is still there. And sometimes it comes out. Yeah. yeah, That's interesting. So I started um, something called ecstatic dance. Have you heard of that? Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. So, um, so I've been going to these um, dances and they're so amazing. And um, I just feel so like elated afterwards. And um, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's like, um, it's kind of like a rave, but like without any alcohol or drugs and it's during the daytime. And it's like in a contained, um, in, you know, in a beautiful space and like, um, you're not allowed to touch each other. And it's just very, um, it's very much just about self-expression and just like dancing to the music. There's like a, a DJ and um, it's it's wonderful. It's, it's so freeing and, Um, And there's no, you know, photography or videography allowed. So, you know, you can just really feel free. And um, it's interesting, because I feel like it's really affected my art in that it's made me feel more free in my art. And it's also greatly affected my mood and productivity, like I feel much more productive, much more happy, you know, making time in my schedule to do this. And um, I suppose I'm wondering, you know, since you're a specialist with movement, what, what kind of like nutrient do you think that I'm getting out of that? I think there's, there's definitely like
1: the physical component, uh, like the physical benefits of just any movement in your body is also moving. Like it's helping your circulation, Mm -hmm. which is great, including the circulation to your brain. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, It's also helping, um, the lymphatic system which is moving waste out of your body Mm -hmm. and the lymphatic system is interesting in that it doesn't have like its own the only way that it gets moved is through like muscle movement oh wow yeah so if we don't move our bodies hardly at all then it's not getting really help Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to move Mm -hmm. things through and out Mm -hmm. and that can kind of i think have this effect of helping that clear out and helping the blood move, mm-hmm. I think inherently kind of helps our energy level, like our body to just feel mm-hmm. vibrant and yeah, it's moving the toxins out. So that's part of it, but also definitely the, the neurotransmitters. So like the endorphins or, mm-hmm. um, dopamine, those <laughs> kind of like happy, happy chemicals for the brain. Mm -hmm. are totally stimulated by by movement Mm -hmm. and i think especially in that context that you're describing where where you're able to feel safe so Mm -hmm. like that part of your brain can relax the part that's trying to constantly protect you right relax a little bit and you're also that puts you into this your nervous system into kind of this uh, calmer state and you're able to connect with people more and then mm-hmm. you're also in this environment where there is that kind of human connection aspect, and that right. feeds us in a certain way mm-hmm. and feeds our nervous systems and our brains in a certain way. So really, what you're describing it feels like there's this very like balanced mm-hmm. um, input of
0: of things that make us feel good. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. it's um and then the music, which is like right, very yeah, um, very wonderful as well, you know, like, obviously they've done studies with music definitely lifts spirits and does something to you. I don't actually know too much about what exactly music does to you, but, um, I'll have to interview like, um, a composer next. Well, you're a composer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not quite yet. I wouldn't call myself one yet, but okay, yes. uh, maybe like songwriter, singer-songwriter, okay, but there's definitely, I can, I can say that from a, a movement in music perspective, there's like that, any kind of like primal dance mm-hmm. has this rhythmic quality mm-hmm. and that, um, that type of rhythmic movement also calms the nervous system.
0: Oh, it interesting. Like
1: the, mm. the amygdala, which is that part of your brain responsible for that fight, flight, freeze mm. response. So uh, that I think is also a part of it, that like rhythmic movement okay. has, yeah. has an effect on us.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Yes. Um, yeah. Interesting. I know a lot of artists like put on music as they paint as well. And that definitely helps me like the different, different kinds of music, like produce different results for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to kind of see that as well. Um, yeah. So music is very powerful as well. Yeah. But, yeah. So is there anything else you wanted to share with the audience today. Um, Any final words about like, um, any last words? No. Um, Any, any, any advice you have for creatives or artists? Yeah, I
1: think I think that maybe the main thing that's coming to my brain right now is just really leaning into allowing yourself to take the time to really tune into your personal idea of what success Mm -hmm. looks like Mm -hmm. and to allow yourself also to we didn't really touch on this a lot but get the support for Mm -hmm. that so whether that's peer support or mentor support or coaching support um, or just like tools like apps, or, you know, these very physical tools, I think a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves to be able to accomplish our goals and our dreams, surely, or purely with willpower and like, Mm -hmm. self discipline. And if we aren't successful, it's because we're lazy, or we're not good enough, or, you -hmm. know, we're blocked, or Mm -hmm. all of these kind of self shaming narratives around it instead of just looking at oh actually I have a need that's not being met mm. and there's a support system I can put in place to make it easier yes I need that need
0: yes because I think that if you want to create in a really great way it has to be sustainable and in order for it well, to be sustainable you have to be getting all your needs met you know yeah yeah and we have to kind of weed out that
1: that like shame aspect, I feel like mm-hmm. that like devaluing of ourselves and our work,
0: mm-hmm. right? Or and like and yeah, not be so hard on yourself because you, an artist is not a traditional job in that you know you you're gonna get a raise, you know, if yeah. you stick with it for this long mm-hmm. and you know you get you know a good job from your boss when you finish a project. It's like every it's very self it's very self sustaining. And in order for you to do that, you have to just like, think of yourself as your most, um, you are your asset. I mean, you have to protect yourself and, um, uh, not protect yourself. You have to maintain yourself, like all aspects of yourself in order for you to create to your highest level. So, um, and, and that's like a holistic kind of you, like bringing everything into your life. Um, so yeah that's amazing. Thank you so much Sarah. So um so where can people reach you? Um they can reach me
1: on my website at alignment alignment and, and alchemy.com for some reason I have a hard time saying my own business name. <laughs> time <saying>. Twister. <laughs> uh, or on Instagram is the other uh, best place to reach me and it's at alignmentandalchemy with underscores mm-hmm. between the
0: words. Awesome. And I'll link those in the show notes as well. So people can find that and, um, and you can get her freebie um, as well. If you go to her website. Mm -hmm. So, um, so wonderful. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was so interesting. I learned so much and um, I know that everyone listening did too. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the inspired painter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate you leaving a five-star review with your experience. This helps other people discover the podcast who might be encouraged by it as well. And if you are interested in booking a coaching call with me to create a plan for your art career and overcome limits that may be holding you back, please visit the link in the show notes or send me a DM on Instagram at Jessica Libor Studio. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time. Stay inspired.